You're listening to the Source Property Podcast, your number one source of tips and tricks for starting your property business. Hello and welcome to another Source Property Podcast. My name's Chris Kirkwood. I'm the Franchise Director here at Source. And today we've got one of our franchisees, Sav Lotter, to join us. Hi, Sav. How are you? Hi, Chris. Good, thanks. How about yourself? Yeah, very well. Thanks very much. Thanks for asking. None of these guys ever ask. <laughs> um, so uh, the title of today's podcast is uh, Property Sourcing, because property sourcing is something that a lot of people are aware of. They know that it exists. They probably know some sources that are out there. But when it comes to actually executing that strategy themselves, they don't know how to do it. They don't know the process. They don't know the structure. And the reason that we got you involved in this, Sav, is because this has been a strategy that you've been specifically focused on since you joined us, right? Yeah, 100%. So I've been sourcing now for near enough two years. Um, so yeah, it's been been a core strategy since I, I joined Sourced. And um, yeah, something that's, that's working really well for me. So let's go get back to the fundamentals. So first of all, what is property sourcing? So property sourcing is as simple as finding properties for investors. So matching investors with a deal that works for them. Um, and yeah, finding stuff which suits their requirements. And then you take a fee for that, right? So you're exactly, it's, yeah. it's not you're not doing it out of the goodness of your own heart. It's part of a business, it's part of yeah. your business plan. You take a fee for it, but the investor ends up buying it. Yeah, so in the same way that an estate agent takes a fee for selling a property, you represent the buyer, you're a buying agent, you take a fee for finding that deal for them. So if somebody comes to you, I was about to bang the table and we get told off all the time for banging the table. So if somebody comes to you with a deal or you find a, a deal um, and it looks good, good enough for you to sell on to somebody else, why wouldn't you just buy it yourself? Yes, yeah, so there are quite a few reasons why you wouldn't take the deal on for yourself. Uh, maybe you've got too many projects on the go at the minute. Um, it might not be your strategy, might not be the area that you that you operate in. So essentially, it's just another way to make money out of a property um, rather than, I don't know, building out yourself or carrying out the strategy yourself. That's an interesting point as well. You said um, uh, you might be focused on different things at that yeah. time. So just to expand on your situation at the minute, uh, you've been sourcing for two years now, and during those two years, you've taken on bigger projects, right? You've got a commercial conversion on the go right exactly, now that yeah. we're working with you on. Um, so that's a that's a big, chunky, meaty deal that's going to have a big profit margin at the end of it, and yet you're still property sourcing and still making that money because that's a faster turnover for you, right? Exactly, yes. So I primarily source uh, rent-to-rent service accommodation opportunities. Uh, main reason for that is that's how I started um, in terms of building my own rent-to-rent portfolio. Mm. So from that, um, I gained quite a lot of contacts um, with management companies, landlords, developers. So it seemed natural to me to, right, while I'm focusing on this bigger stuff, rather than throw that all away, I can make use of those contacts and source that volume for investors. And that's another great point, right? Because you might find, you, you might find, you look at 10 properties on Rightmove and you might find uh, one that you want to do yourself and you might find two or three that are really close to you doing yourself, but the, the numbers don't quite yeah. add up for you, but you know that you've spoken to investors in the past that they do add up for. So instead of just walking away from those deals and just focusing on the one that you want to do for yourself, you're um, monetizing those other those other properties, right? You're still selling them to the investors and you're putting money in your pocket while you're doing it. So overall, your business has more uh, strategies for generating cash flow and therefore you, you have turnover is much higher, right? Exactly, yeah. So like you said, I mean, if you're gonna carry out one of those projects, it might be, I don't know, say it's a conversion that's gonna take 12, 24 months, maybe even longer. However, if you can then source two other opportunities, 
then you're just waiting for that period between buying it and exchange. So it's shorter to time scale, but just another way to generate cash flow. Mm. So typical uh, typical price for sourcing property. I know for um, uh, a property that isn't a rental property, because you mm. said you do rent yeah, to rent yeah. service accommodation, uh, a normal sourcing fee is 2% of the purchase price. So how do you work out the sourcing fee for a service accommodation rent to rent deal? Yeah, so we typically base it on the length of the term that can be agreed um, and essentially the number of bedrooms because that would then impact how profitable the opportunity is, um, how much investment is needed. So we typically do it on a scale from about three and a half K up to five K uh, depending on the type of deal. Right, so sort of comparable to the two percent sourcing fee, because most yeah. most sourcing fees are around four to five, four, five or six thousand pounds. So yeah, fairly yeah, comparable. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, so um, what's the what's the benefit of sourcing? What does it what what solutions does it provide for you? Well, I think one of the biggest benefits is it's real education. Um, I think a lot of people start in property with sourcing, and yeah, it's very tough because. Um, you're dealing with buyers, you're dealing with vendors, landlords, and trying to coordinate everything. Um, so yeah, it's a really good education, a really big challenge. Um, and I think something that prepares you well for whatever other avenue you go down in property. And you know what, I haven't really thought about it before, but yeah. also because of what you said, it expands your network. Yeah, right. Yeah, you've, you've got a much bigger network in property because of because of doing the property sourcing, right? Yeah, yeah. But I think one thing to also be aware of is whilst it is it is an education, you have to have that knowledge as well. Because um, I think a lot of people do think, right, I'm going to start in property. I'll start in sourcing because it requires the lowest amount of capital to get involved, um, and of course you can generate cash flow quite quickly. However you need to understand the deals to source um, to actually generate that cash flow, right? Yeah. Because um, yeah, you need to see where the opportunity is and you need the knowledge to do that. So that that is one thing to be aware of. So how far can you take it? So let's let's assume that you've got that knowledge. Um, how far can you take it? You, you you know, you might sell one deal per month and that might generate you £4,000. Yeah. For a lot of people, that's that's already going to um, uh, substitute their, their salary. So if they can consistently sell one deal per month, they're going to re replace their yeah. salary and they can move away and move into property full time. But then let's be a bit more ambitious than that. Instead of just doing one deal a month, how far can it be taken? Yeah, so it, it can become a fully fledged business really. So for ourselves, we do about 10 units a month on average. Um, so in, I think Q2 of this year, we sourced about 40, 40 units. Yeah, that's um, brilliant. Yeah, yeah. So because we have those contacts established, something we've worked really hard on yeah. now for the last couple of years, um, well, we actually turn away quite a lot of stuff we're offered um, and source the best units we can find. Um, so it's something that you can make really scalable um, and generate significant cash flow from. So therefore, what stopped you doing it sooner? Why didn't you start this business prior to two years ago? I think the main thing was um, the network, because obviously to source deals, you ideally need to deal itself and the investor um, or I guess you can start with either but, mm. but yeah to, to maximise it that's what you need um, so for me actually becoming part of Source having access to one the ability to find deals through training and um, and yeah expanding my network that way mm. and also access to investors to then sell those deals um, so from from becoming part of the network um, both of those things have grown massively for me so your overall process 
um, from two years ago, from, mm. from, from, from starting this business from yeah. scratch. First of all, was to get educated. So you got that from, from us because we showed yeah. you how to do it. Um, and going through the process, we also, we've set up that process already. So basically mm. what you had to do was learn that process and then just go and follow it. So we taught you how to, how to find the deals. We taught you what you were looking for. Um, and then we've got an app set up. So when you've found that deal, you can then put the details into the CRM, into exactly. our CRM, and then that goes straight onto the app. And then those people that see those, see your deal and they're inter interested in your deal, they come directly through to you. Exactly. And even that conversation, I mean, you're, the, the way that you handle that conversation has probably evolved loads since you first came to the first training Massively, session. Yeah. Um, but we've even sort of scripted out the way that we think that that conversation should go when you first start talking to people. So do you, is that still your process? or have you updated it since since you originally came to, to learn it from us? Yeah, I guess I guess it's changed over the last couple of years. I think I found my personal way of doing it. Yeah. Uh, but it still is based on yeah, the process that that we learned here, yeah. Um and we even we had the app two years ago, right? When you first started. So you were already we just launched, yeah. yeah. We just launched. So we we were putting stuff out and then people people still I mean, do you still put your deals on the app? Are you still finding investors through through that? Yeah, process? so um, typically if, if a deal might have already sold in the time that it's gone onto the app, yeah. um, it's also a great way to generate leads as well. Um, so I get a lot of inquiries on a, on a daily basis, um, inquiring about a deal that is sold. And I say, okay, sorry, this one's not available anymore, but we've got this in the pipeline, this coming through, would you mm. be interested in that? Yeah. Um, and more often than not, then, then that converts to that individual. It's all about managing those relationships, yeah. isn't it? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So um, different ways of monetizing selling a deal because obviously you've got you've got a, a property mm. and you've got you've written out the opportunity you've written out the, the sort of the roughly the rental income or the the, the profit that they can generate that the yeah. investor can generate it's obviously up to them as well to check those numbers to make sure that that's that's what they think that they can achieve as well mm. but outside of just selling that deal to the investor what are other ways that you can make money from from selling deals yeah so i suppose if you look firstly at if you're selling purchases um, that can be quite lucrative aside from just the sourcing fees. So if, you, if you're really creative, you can try and charge a seller a fee. Yeah. Um, you can get solicitor referrals, uh, broker referrals. Exactly. And those are really sizable. Builder referrals, yeah. letting Project agent management. referrals, yeah. furniture company. So we've even set up with yeah. a furniture company. So you guys, if you refer it, that referral exactly. uh, commission is already set up. So the, the list goes on. It can be almost double what the actual sourcing fee is. You're generating in referrals and and project management fees, for example. So with, with us on the rent to rent side, uh, we get referrals for setting up the utilities, uh, for setting up service accommodation insurance. Um, so those are little bits which just add on and hmm. you know it, it might not sound like a lot per deal, maybe 50 to 100 quid. Yeah. But over the course of 10 deals, you know, that covers various outgoings for the business, yeah. for not really doing much work and you're finding the best price for the investor, making their life easier. Um, so, so yeah, there are a lot of ways other than just the fee to, to generate income. Exactly, and it's not that not 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 all referral fees are like fifty or hundred quid. You know, they yeah. could be two hundred and fifty, they could be five hundred quid, yeah. depending yeah. on how ambitious or how uh, aggressively that person is trying to get more business in. Yeah. Whether they be the solicitor or the the broker or whatever, so you can still absolutely right. You can almost double your sourcing fee just by arranging all of those all of those things before you start to source property. And how, how would you go about arranging those things? Well, for me and stuff that we've done in the past, you'd 
call people. Yeah. You send yeah. them an email, you knock on doors, you just have those conversations, right? It's no more complicated than that. Yeah, I mean, for example, if you're already purchasing property, you'll have a solicitor, you'll have a broker. Yeah. Um, reach out to them and say, look, I'm referring all these people over. How about a referral fee for it? And then the more people you refer over, the more leverage you have to get a higher fee. Um, so, so yeah, it can become really powerful as well. So I'm gonna put you on the spot now, Sav. Okay. <laughs> So I've got a section down here in my notes that I've written that is just called Sav's Top Tips. <laughs> so we haven't discussed this, yeah. so just off the top of your head, what are the top tips that you would give somebody that hasn't yet started a sourcing business, but is looking to start? Yes, I think, like we touched on earlier, the first thing is you either need to have the deal or you need to have the investors. So I would say if you're starting a business, the first thing to focus on one of those things because um, if you're finding investors, then you can say, look, I'll specifically find the deal that you want. If you've got the deals, then you can perhaps co-source with someone or you'll find a way to find an investor for that if it's a good deal. If it is a good deal, yeah. someone will take it on. Um, I think another thing is to be consistent. And, and I mean that in a lot of ways. So, you know, you need to keep at it for, for a long period of time. Like like with any business, it's not going to happen overnight. You mean don't try, don't try it for a month? Yeah. Realise yeah. that it's not working for you and give up? Exactly. That, that month, exactly. That month should be seen as like a learning opportunity, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but also, in the sense of with the deals that you're finding. So, if I'm a sourcer and I'm one week I'm sending out a rent to rent, then I'm sending out a buy to let, then I'm sending out a HMO the week after. Okay, you you might sell all those deals. It might work, but people will think, okay, why is he not focusing on one thing? Yeah. Well, where you know where's his speciality? Does he really have knowledge of all these different? Um, different strategies that is so, genuinely yeah. genuinely a great great so tip. it can work but what I would say is find a niche stay consistent in that niche um, so example when what we do in rent to rent I say we specifically do luxury units so that's a yeah. niche just within a niche um, so investors know that if they want to find that type of deal um, come to us obviously some investors it might not be that and that's fine um, but then you're narrowing down what you focus on yeah um, and attracting a certain type of investor. That's such a common mistake as well that people make when they first start property sourcing. They they yeah. talk to they go and talk to investors, and investor A will want HMOs, and mm. investor B wants commercial conversions, and investor C wants serviced accommodation units, and they just say yes to everything. Yeah. And yeah. now they're building relationships with commercial agents for the com for the for the commercial conversions, residential agents for the HMOs, and then rent uh, re rental agents or letting it's, agents for the. It's for a the, lot, isn't it? Yeah. You, you, yeah. You're starting three businesses at the same time. There. Yeah. You've absolutely, you're absolutely right. You've got to focus on one of those things and boss it. Absolutely yeah. boss it. Nail yeah. it down, and then perhaps look at something else. But master that. Thing. Exactly. And say, for example, you're going to an estate agent. And one week you're saying you're trying to build rapport with them. One week you want to see a HMO. Yeah. Then you want to see a property for yeah. rent. They're just going to think that he's wasting our time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, leading on from that in terms of consistency, um, what I find is really good in actually the days, the times you send out your deals. Um, so obviously with the app, you know, nine o'clock every morning, mm. the, the deal is going to be there. Um, and I go as far as, right, I, I put deals out on specific days. Um, so, for example, you know, I think if I'm uploading a deal on a Friday afternoon, chances are most people aren't checking their emails on yeah. a Friday evening. Um, so I'll try and not send deals on a Friday. It'll be more Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday when people are tend to be at home checking their emails. Um, you know, I'm not going to send a deal out at midnight because yeah. you know, again, it's just um, it's not ideal. So, so yeah. from your from your point of view, obviously, Sav's got access to the app. So yeah, the, the, to explain what happens is uh, anything that goes into the app. Uh, today or gets forwarded to the app today 
uh, will go live on the app at nine o'clock tomorrow morning. Exactly, yeah. But from your point of view, you know, you might not have access to the app. Uh, well, you won't unless you're a source franchisee. Yeah. So therefore, if you're putting it out to your mailing list or if you're putting it on Facebook or any other social media, then just be mindful about when you're putting it out there. Yeah, so for example, you might want to do it at 5 p.m. every every Tuesday and Wednesday, yeah. um, posting on different groups. And people know after a couple of weeks, right, he's putting a deal out this time. Um, I should look out for it or maybe I contact him even before then and try and see if I can secure it so yeah I think just being consistent in all those areas um, makes your life easier when dealing yeah. with investors and with vendors or, or agents so going back to the the, the multiple strategies that, that people are looking for and which one you choose so you said that you did service accommodation to start off with so the, the what we advise our guys to do is whatever strategy you want to do in the longer term then that's what you should source because yeah. you're sourcing it anyway so it's not actually going to take you any more time to, to, to find those properties because you're doing it anyway so uh, the ones that you find that aren't quite right for you you then sell them on and you make a bit of money so exactly. the efficiency of that process is absolutely brilliant um, so is that what you did is that what you meant by you did service accommodation first exactly yes I did it myself as a strategy um, and, and then yeah because of the network I gained started sourcing because I mean I think that, that is the way to do it because say if you're if you've got skills as a builder you're not going to perhaps just rent through NSA as a strategy if you want to start sourcing you want yeah. to do perhaps BRRs because then you can actually carry out the build yeah um, you can price things up for investors and then it's just a case of finding the property so it's working with with your skills with your network and, and what works best and that can be a tough call to make can't it because somebody yeah. comes to you with an investor and they're like I've got two million quid and I want to buy a commercial conversion it's tough to say no you're not for me I can put you it in is, touch yeah. with somebody that can find properties for you, but you know that's not that's not what I'm specialising in. Yeah, it is tough, but I think um, yeah, just one of those things you have to accept. And if you stick to your guns, then, then you'll be okay. Absolutely, because in the long run, it's much more efficient for you, yeah. and you will be more successful. So you've just got to remember that you're in it for a longer term rather than just looking at that short term. Yeah, yeah I'll do that, and then because that, that is a mistake I made at the start. Is, Did you? Yeah, I, I was like, I'll just source anything. Um, obviously, I was doing rentance, but if someone comes to me, they want this. I'll try my best to find that, but in reality, it's not really getting me anywhere because I don't have the network for that. Um, so rather than yeah, chase, chasing a shiny penny, um, focus on the strategy, nail it, and um, and the rewards will come. So seeing as you brought it up, let's ask that question as well. <laughs> what other mistakes did you make? Oh, um, so th that's the biggest one. So I did just try to look at every strategy I could possibly do um, before nailing down a rent trend essay. Yeah. Um, I think another thing which I've definitely improved on is my, my following up with investors. So one actually thing I missed out in terms of tips is um, creating that consistent line of communication yeah. with investors. Um, so a tip I'd give now actually is if you're, if you're sourcing, even if you've sold the deal, every investor that's inquired, pretend that the deal was still available. So just one, it tells you a lot about the investor because I think you know, it's quite rude if someone just say starts ignoring you. Yeah. Um, I know if you're following up with them maybe once or twice, and they just say, "Look, I'm not interested anymore." That's fine. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's really good practice as well uh, for yourself to keep keep um, yeah keep building those relationships. Absolutely. And, and yeah, so I think that's um, something I definitely recommend. And then you know, over a, over a period of time, when you're talking to when you're talking to investors, you'll gradually talk to more investors, and you'll yeah. find more yeah. properties, and you'll be able to. Because imagine if somebody, if twenty people inquire about a property, and they say they're, they're interested specifically in that one, 
you're gonna even if you sell it to one of them, you're gonna have to have that conversation with the other 19 to say that that property sold, mm. and you can't sell it to them. But that, as you say, that is a great opportunity to then have a deeper conversation with them about why did you inquire about it? What was it about that property yeah. that you were specifically yeah. looking for? What is your version of success? Um, you know, what kind of return are you looking for? And if they say eight percent, clarify it. You know, mm. does that mean that seven percent isn't good enough? Yeah. You know, be specific and nail it down so that you know that when you send them a property, it hits their requirements and your chance and your efficiency of selling that property is so much higher than just sending them any old any old guff that you can Yeah, find. I think that's really important because it might be a bit controversial to say, but I don't think a lot of investors actually know what they want. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So if you, uh, if you explain the raw numbers to them and say it's a, it might be a 7% yield, not an 8% yield, but you're generating this amount of cash flow from it. Yeah. And you ask them, would you take it? They'd probably say yes. Totally so agree. having that deep conversation with them um, will make them realize a lot of things. Yeah. And, and yeah, just creates that rapport. You are providing a lot of value, aren't you? So if you, the more you know about property, the more you can give to your investors. It upskills your investors and makes them more likely to buy because you, you've, uh, you've empowered them yeah. to make an informed decision rather than just somebody who doesn't have access to all of the training courses, for example, that we yeah, have here I think it's, and can't, can't answer those questions. Yeah, it's really an opportunity to actually educate investors because some of them might just be focused on, you know, they've, they've read one article or gone to one event and they're just fixated on, right, I'm buying property in this location only or I'm looking at this type of strategy only. Um, whereas if you, if you speak to them and say, right, this might work better, have you yeah. considered this? Um, then yeah, it really helps them as well to make a more informed decision. As always, Sav, very insightful, very, um, very good content. Uh, I'm sure it's going to benefit you guys if you're going to be starting a property, uh, property sourcing business soon. So uh, on behalf of everybody that's listening and watching, thank you very much. No, no problem at all. Thanks and what a great me. job he's done at ironing his shirt today, hasn't he? <laughs> Doesn't he look good? Well, that yeah, You can try next time. <laughs> well, you can do mine for me. Um, for, for people that are listening though um, who want to get in touch might have some follow up questions for yeah. you how do you want people to sort of uh, follow what you're doing yes yeah, so you can follow me on Instagram at um, Daytona underscore property um, so put a lot of deals on there but then I also put updates on things I'm doing in, in the property side uh, viewings um, projects we're working on um, so yeah have, have a look through there and um, get in touch awesome we'll put a link to that in the show notes is that alright Mr Producer thank you very much get thumbs up <laughs> Cool. Thanks a lot, Sav. No worries. Thanks a lot. Well, thanks very much, Sav. And that's it for today. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast and took some value from it. If you did, don't forget to give it a like and comment and be sure to share and subscribe as your support helps us to continue making valuable content for you. Remember, here at Source Property Group, we're able to help you thrive in your property business from training to investments, sourcing property leads, support and much, much more. Until next time, I've been Chris Kirkwood and this is the Source Property Podcast. You're listening to the Source Property Podcast, your number one source of tips and tricks for starting your property business.